we're just looking at some case studies of like how plants have been proven to like boost moods for people and it helps with anxiety and depression and other mental health disorders and i think especially for people who like need to get out of their heads a little bit plants allow you to like you know if you're stressed out or you like have a block of some forest like you can go and like wipe some of the leaves down of your plant or water it or repot it or move your plant to a new location it allows you to like essentially not play with life but enable and help something that's living in your space to continue to grow that essentially takes you away from like whatever stresses that you're going through in the moment i think like having a set plant care routine has definitely helped me do the same thing for myself just check in with you know how i'm feeling mentally emotionally spiritually in the moment they definitely hold me accountable and i i love that about plants honestly You're listening to Enemy Within You, a podcast that exposes the subtle ways we work against ourselves. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'm here to help you combat your negative patterns by sharing stories, ancient wisdom, and good old common sense. So by all means, go get a cup of coffee ready, and let's talk about life. Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. So last year around this time, quarantine was brand new for everyone. And for most people, that meant spending more time at home than they probably ever have in their entire life. But a natural consequence of spending so much time at home is the challenge of creating a living space in which you can both work and relax. For me, personally, something that's been overdue in my living spaces is houseplants. I have only but one small little aloe vera plant that a friend recently gifted me. Other than that, I've never owned a single houseplant. When I polled my Instagram followers, I was genuinely surprised to learn about how fanatic people were about plants and how they've contributed to their lives. Turns out that I've been missing out by not having houseplants. So I thought it would be a good idea to create an episode about everything plants. This way we can all learn about how to integrate a little bit more of Mother Nature into our living spaces. In this episode, you'll listen in on a conversation I had with Enrique Rodriguez, also known as Mag, and Michelle Alfaro. They're the co-founders of Moranta Plant Shop the first black and brown owned plant shop located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They amazingly started against all odds a business during the pandemic, and they're committed to helping people of color with their mental health by reconnecting them to Mother Nature via houseplants. Something I found really interesting is that they've also made it a point to reclaim origin stories and original names from indigenous plants. You know, before they were given their scientific names by European colonizers. Everything about Moranta Plant Shop is dope in my opinion. So listen, if you're a plant newbie or you're a plant parent looking to level up in caring for your houseplants, then you're really going to enjoy this interview. We talk about all kinds of things in this episode, like the best plants for newbies, the most common mistakes plant parents make, when to repot a plant, how to propagate, the ideal positioning of a plant, along with the ideal temperature, and plenty more. Not to mention their inspiring story of starting a plant shop in the midst of a pandemic. So, without further ado, enjoy the interview with Mag and Michelle from Ranta Plant Shop. All right, well, we have Mag and we have Michelle from Ranta Plant Shop on the show uh welcome to enemy within you podcast thank you so much for having us thank you thank you i'm so excited to be with you here so i wanted to start with a question uh that i asked a lot of my followers on instagram Uh, how many plants do you have and which one is your favorite 
Oh my gosh, too many. <laughs> That's like one of the hardest questions for me to ask. I have, and I think for me, like it varies, like it changes with the season. I'll have like one favorite plant for like, of like for like three months and then I'll like rotate it. But right now at this moment, um, my favorite one is the ficus lorata. Um, specifically like the top, like the mature ones, just because they're so beautiful and like they create such a huge, beautiful accent in a home. Um, but I'm a, I'm a ficus girl right now. <laughs> Are you familiar with the ficus plant? I have no clue about plants. I it's mean, a I don't... gorgeous tree. I mean, they're very finicky and they're very hard to take care of. <laughs> like I've probably killed uh, way too many of them, but I always, I keep buying them for some reason because <laughs> I just feel like we got to connect sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> what about you mag um hmm. i think my favorite i don't have like a specific favorite plant i i have like a family of plants that i really love and it's the alocasias or i think i always say wrong but it sounds right in my head but um hmm. they're just like i call them vampire plants because they kind of like they look like they almost look like doritos i should really call them dorito plants because they're shaped like a dorito um but they're all like very like uh goth looking a lot of like dark colors purples blacks uh hints of like burgundy uh but yeah that's like my favorite plant but as far as how many i have i don't have as many as she has uh, she probably is like up there in like the hundreds of plants in her home and yeah. just I mean we get shipments of plants once or twice a week and she always walks away with like three or four plants on a weekly basis. It's <laughs> so shameful right now. <laughs> no. I have so many. I, I want to say I tried counting the other day and I think I have around 80 plants right now in my home. So it's insane. It's like a jungle when you walk into my place. <laughs> it's like poison ivy, right? <laughs> like, better be careful with Michelle. Right? Yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask you a question as far as the name of the plant shop. So, Maranta, what what is is that a type of plant? Uh, does it symbolize anything, or why did you name your plant shop uh, after that? Mm -hmm. Maranta, yeah, it Maranta. is actually a species. Um, uh, it comes from the prayer plant family. Uh, so the prayer plants are actually plants that um, during the day they open up, and then at night they'll close back up again, like just like you're like you're doing prayer hands. Um, so that's what, and that's my one of, that used to be my, oh, it's still one of my favorite plants actually. <laughs> uh, that at the time, um, that's, that was my favorite plant. And um, really, it's just, um, it's a really beautiful plant. And the patterns of it all completely is, I, it's what drew me to it. I, I think when we were thinking about the name, we were trying to think of, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier, but like the idea of like horticulture is, has been essentially you know colonized for a long time um as far as like plants and the species and like going back as far as like you know uh a lot of like the first expeditions to the americas were funded for you know looking for species of plants and spices and things like that so like plants in particular have been like taken over and like the names as well and maranta just felt it felt like it was still connected more than like a philodendron you know that doesn't feel like mm -hmm. central america or indigenous but for some reason the name maranta and i think even the idea of it being a prayer plant and being very rooted into like spirituality um the colors are very vibrant and i think it's a plant that's ultimately like also very looked over because it's very hard to take care of mm -hmm. uh but with once you take care of it it grows so beautifully and it just like really shines in the room so i think all those components of like what last year was 2020 as a pandemic and just like the idea of patience and, you know, even prayer, um, mm -hmm. I think just kind of like connected that like we were just we, we had a list of a tons of names originally. But for some reason, this one's the one that like stuck before we even knew like the history of the name um, and even like before I even knew like the species and like really had a better understanding of them. Yeah. And I want to get into more of the story of starting a plant shop during a pandemic. Uh, but first, I do want to talk about, because you did mention taking care of plants. I don't have any plants. What would you tell someone who has no plants but is looking to become a plant parent? Uh, 
what kind of plants would you recommend someone like myself uh, pick or choose for their home? And what are some guidelines that I could use to integrate plants into my space? Yeah, first of all, don't be scared. You got this. So what I've noticed that a lot of our um, customers are first time like plant parents and they're for some reason, they're always so terrified that they're going to kill the plant. And I'm just like, you're all we're all capable, you know, we're all capable of taking care of something. And as long as you put the time and energy. Um, but for beginner plant parents like you, I would say a pothos or a snake plant is like your best bet because you can't kill it whatsoever. They're super beginner friendly. They're, they're very minimalistic, if any, like to put it in simpler terms, like they don't require much attention. Uh, the snake plant can thrive in low light. It can thrive in bright light. The pothos is a beautiful trailing plant, and that one as well can thrive in low light. But first, if you don't have like a lot of light in your home, I highly suggest the snake plant. And as far as taking care of it, they're very drought tolerant. So if you like, if you're someone that always forgets to like water your plants, don't worry, they're very forgiving. <laughs> but some good beginner pointers I would say is to make sure that you're watering your plant at least once a month and making sure that you're always rotating it so that it can uh, grow evenly. I always suggest inspecting your plants as well because sometimes if you overwater, you can get pests or um, you, you can get or like you can get like gnat problems, things like that that you want to look over to because it can then transfer into your other plants and then you'll have like infestations and we don't want that. Is that is that why there are bugs? Like some plants attract bugs? Is because of overwatering them? Exactly. Because of overwatering, um, they like bugs like moisture. And obviously that's the habitat that they like to live in. <laughs> but don't worry if you like if that ever happens, you know, there's things and remedies that you can do to get rid of them and fix that, you know? So what what are some of those things, those remedies? Um, so my favorite is the, I mix hydrogen peroxide in water. What that does, it kills the eggs and larvae on contact. And you normally have to place the solution for a week. And although I, and it's very cost friendly. Like, I feel like everyone always has hydrogen peroxide or even just laying around in their home. And if you needed to buy some from a store, you know, it's like two bucks. So it's very cost, you know, friendly, which I really appreciate. Another good one is neem oil. That thing will kill any kind of bugs <laughs> that you have. Um, so neem oil, um, obviously it's a tree, but it produces uh, vegetable oil. And it's so potent that it will also kills the eggs and larvae on contact as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And when you say over water, how do you know how much to water? Is there a way to tell when you've overwatered a plant? Well, you'll know that when, if you see any browning or yellowing on your plant, that means you got some overwatering issues happening. When is brown or yellow? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You also have to think about like the pot, I guess. There's so many different factors that are involved. Um, but a good, when I, when I water, like you have to, I only water until water starts to drain out of the drainage hole. And that's my cue. That's, uh, you don't want to water anymore. Mm-hmm. I remember going to a plant shop once and some of the plants would say watered lightly were like, it's just moist, like the soil mm-hmm. was moist, where other plants were, I, I don't know if they can tolerate more water. Is that a true statement or no? Yeah. I mean, there's some, like there's some plants that are, like I said, are very hardy and very forgiving. Like there's a plant called the ZZ. Those, like if you overwater it, it can handle all the all the water. But some plants, if you overwater it, it overwhelms it pretty much. Um, and then it can cause it to die or you can get an infestation. You talked about pots. What role do pots play into plants as far as how do you choose one? Are there different types of pots for different types of plants? Does size yeah. matter? <laughs> Definitely. Um, So when you're looking for a pot for your plant, you always want to size up so that there's enough room for the plant to grow and expand because you don't want to repot your plant very often. I typically like to repot my plants at least once a year. But in terms of pots, there's plastic pots, 
ceramic pots and terracotta pots. Those are like the main ones that people have. But the main thing that you want to make sure is that you have a drainage hole in any pot that you get, no matter what kind it is, make sure that it has a drainage hole. You know, that way you're not overwatering your plant. Um, but um, in terms of different pots, so the terracotta pots are my favorite because they retain moisture. It's just the, the material that it's made out of. It's very, it's very suitable for most plants. Plastic pots are, they're just as great. They're, there's nothing wrong with them at all. They're just more uh, cost friendly, which I also like too. And then the ceramic pots as well, they're really good because they also retain moisture. You want to make sure that it can retain moisture so that the root system is also being, um, has enough nutrients as well. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So what happens to a plant if the pot's too small? It will still grow and most likely will still sustain, but it just won't. So what happens, the roots are growing. So when you, when you have a plant, your root, the root system is still going. It can be root bound. And if it's root bound, by that, what that means is pretty much the root system is growing out of the pot and that could be damaging for the plant. So that's why I always like to size up because then there's enough room for not only the plant to grow, but for the root system to also live comfortably. And then you said repotting. Mm-hmm. Why does one repot a plant? And is there like, you said you do it once a year. Is there other reasons why you would repot a plant? You don't want to repot often just because plants like, they're like trees. You know, you don't move a tree. You know, they use, a, a tree can't be moved. It stays in, in its place. But um, same thing with plants. Like they, they don't like to be moved as often. But the only reason why you would really have to repot a plant is so that it can grow bigger. That's good information to have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you buy a plant, are there some plants that need more than just water? Or do they need vitamins or some other kind of upkeep besides just water? Fertilizer. Fertilizer? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. It's definitely, uh, you can. You should definitely be fertilizing your plants. I don't fertilize my plants so often just because I've noticed, I've, or at least I've realized that they don't really need them as often. But fertilizer is a really, it's a really good product to get for your plants. So it provides all the nutrients that your plant would need in order and all the vitamins that your plants would need as well. Um, if you were to fertilize, um, normally you'd have to fertilize during the uh, growing season, which is typically like spring and summer. And there's different forms of it too. I think there's like liquid forms. There's pebbles, like fertilized. There's literally pebbles that you can put on top of your soil and then it'll just disperse the vitamins onto the plant. And again, that's just to provide nutrients for the plant as well, just to remain it healthy and happy. But I've, I've been able to, you know, sustain most of my plants with, and get away with not fertilizing. But it's a really good um, habit to um, acquire, I would say. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. We're, we're here in Milwaukee, right? And it gets cold outside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, so I don't think we have the luxury as for some of the people that I spoke to on Instagram that had plants. They sent me pictures of their plants, and a lot of them were housed outside. <laughs> and I'm thinking in my mind, like, that must be nice. Because, I mean, right now we're, like, in February or January, and they're over here just telling me how they have all their plants outside. And <laughs> I look outside, and we have, like, a two feet of snow. <laughs> <laughs> that so is funny. is there a disadvantage, or, or are there plants, like, what ideal temperature uh, do some of the house plants? have to be in and i'm sure that varies from plant to plant but can you give me like a range at all yeah so typically above 60 i would say you don't want to you can probably get away 60 degrees just to clarify you don't want to go below like 50 55 you don't want to do that because then it's too cold and obviously we, you know the environment that we live in um but obviously plants come from tropical places so you kind of want to mimic that as much as possible. Um, so I like I love a warm home. So I always keep my house at like 70 or 75, almost pushing it to 80 sometimes too. Um, and they love it. Like my plants absolutely love it. Another like really bad thing with like living in the Midwest and the dead cold is like how dry how our house gets too. Like it's horrible. 
So definitely investing in a humidifier was like one of the best things I've done, <laughs> honestly. And plants all, you know, they, they thrive in humidity, you know, again, mimicking like their, their natural habitat as much as you can. But yeah, a humidifier is definitely key. That's good advice too. And something I was also thinking about is, is there a proper placement for plants in a home? Is there like any place that's ideal? Mm-hmm. So you want to place them near an east or south facing window because obviously the, the sun rises on the east. If you have an east facing window, that's amazing. Your your plants will thrive. And it also depends of plant to plant too. There's some plants that don't like all that direct sunlight. So you can definitely get away with placing it in like a north facing window or west facing window. But um, the, yeah, definitely that's the east or south facing windows for sure. What kind of lighting do you get in your home? I'm going to set you up for success. <laughs> Before I moved in here, I remodeled the whole place because it was like dark and dingy. <laughs> uh, so I painted everything light. And mm. I've worked from home for like the last decade. So I was pretty used to the pandemic lifestyle. <laughs> I'm an introvert by nature, so I don't go out a lot or anything like that. And mm-hmm. if I do, it's normally at night. Um, mm. But yeah, I have... I have a lot of light in here and I've always just wondered when it comes to plants if direct sunlight is best for them or if just having light is okay. And I think when I researched it, I think photosynthesis works. It just needs light. I think it just the photosynthesis process just takes place. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. need like direct sunlight Mm because we get vitamin D from direct sunlight. We can't get it from like if a window is between us right. so we have to have the direct sunlight if we really want the the vitamin d that the sun provides but plants are different plants are even better than us i guess in that way so i always just wondered like is positioning or shadowing then i also see like people hang them from like their like ceiling mm-hmm. and then some people put them on their desk and i've just wondered that too my dad <laughs> he's always been proud of like being able to keep like I don't I don't know what kind of plants it is but I think they they might be like vine plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, he always would hang them and he took a lot of pride as far as he would revive some dead ones and he thought it was like such an accomplishment. So <laughs> that is my only exposure to plants and we would only have that one that had like vines growing like throughout the whole room. <laughs> um <laughs> So that's the only exposure I have. My mom really didn't do that, I don't think. Um, but my dad, yeah, he always had that. And I mean, he I remember him having it in like a little glass cup and then it would just grow and then he'd repot it and, and yeah. do all of that. So that was really nice. That's sweet. It's called propagating. I'm currently propagating a plant right now, too. That's called propagating? I, yeah. So when you cut a piece of the plant from the node, the node is where a plant can grow roots from. But so yeah, so when if you see a node and it's it's really just like a round brown piece, but it, that's where roots can grow. So if you cut it from under the node and place it in water, you wait like a few weeks, then it'll grow roots. That it's my, my one of my favorite things to do. But yeah, I'm currently propagating a a philodendron basil. So okay. yeah, it's yeah it's really fun to watch grow. Honestly, because I'll check on it every day to see if like, is it growing roots yet? Is it yet? No, but no, it's really fun. <laughs> It's like a baby. Like <laughs> I'm gonna I'm go to my pops and tell them you've been propagating. I'm gonna look it up in yeah. Spanish because I don't even know how to say that in Spanish. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's propagando. Propagando. <laughs> I wonder if that's the that analogy. might be it. Right. It might be it. <laughs> so let me ask you this: What's the benefit of having plants in your living space, and what difference does it make to just us humans as we live? everyday life absolutely um yeah sure um i mean i think you know we've i think we all grew up hearing that like plants clean the air Mm -hmm. which there is plants to clean the air some of them have been like certified by like nasa like the snake plant for example which is also a very easy plant to take care of they purify the air uh not at the extremes that people think they do but uh they do they do more than we do um but i think other benefits you know when we were when we were looking at you know 
I think just like even like launching Maranta, we're just looking at some case studies of like how plants have been proven to like boost moods for people. And it helps with anxiety and depression and other mental health disorders. And I think especially for people who like need to get out of their heads a little bit, plants allow you to like, you know, if you're stressed out or you like have a block of some form, like you can go and like wipe wipe some of the leaves down of your plant or water it or repot it or move your plant to a new location. It allows you to like essentially not play with life, but enable and help something that's living in your space to continue to grow that essentially takes you away from like whatever stresses that you're going through in the moment. You know, I think things like that, but I think on the other side too, like plants just make every place look better, you know, especially live plants. Like if you go to any room and you see a fake plant, you don't really feel any way beyond like, Oh, there's a fake plant in the room, but so disrespectful. (laughs) (laughs) But if you walk into a room, you know, it's no different than like a mannequin and a real human being, right? Like you walk into a room and there's a living plant there. Like you can't stop, but like to at least admire it or you at least notice it and they grow. And they bring life, um, you know, I think without getting too all in my head about it. But, you know, they create <laughs> wow. space. You know, you I think they create space. I think like having a set plant care routine has definitely helped me kind of do the same thing for myself. You know, like taking care of my plants remind me to take care of myself and just check in with, you know, how I'm feeling mentally, emotionally, spiritually in the moment. They definitely hold me accountable. And I, I love that about plants, honestly. You probably find taking care of plants, is it soothing? Because I've met a lot of people who, when they have gardens, you know, a lot of people assume, man, that's a lot of work. And a lot of the people who garden are like, it's like it's therapy peaceful. for them. Yeah. yeah, it's peaceful. It's therapy. Exactly. They, they get away from people mm-hmm. and they're just tending to their plants. You're just with nature. You're just reconnecting with, you know, earth. And, and it, it reminds me to be like very present as well, you know, so it's a beautiful yeah. connection that we kind of just forget. Yeah, I feel like with the pandemic and all of that, we were kind of just we're all at home and we're kind of forced to sit with ourselves and our own thoughts. And I think plans have allowed me to like just really think outside of all of that, outside of all of the noise. It's a hobby at this point. <laughs> Expensive hobby. An expensive hobby. <laughs> it can get very expensive. It got it got so expensive. She needs to start a plant shop. Yeah, <laughs> but worth it. It's very rewarding. Well, speaking of just like the benefits, and I'm a spiritual man, and I like to think of myself as a spiritual man. But in the Bible, when God makes Adam and Eve, the first thing that He charges Adam with is to tend to the earth, is pretty much to upkeep the plants. Uh, At that point, they weren't eating animals, so animals didn't really fear men, like beasts didn't fear men, and men didn't fear beasts. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that he was charged was was with pretty much tending to the plants. Uh, So from a spiritual context, I feel like there is something to plants boosting moods, and there's something soulful about plants. Not only that, but I think it represents kind of the resilience of life because yeah. you can take a plant that's almost dead and it revives uh, if it just thrives in the right kind of environment. And I feel like a lot of us people are the same way, is that once we're placed in a different environment, if we're getting watered in the right way and we're getting the right amount of sunlight, all of a sudden, we start to thrive as well. Um, yo, ladies and gentlemen, I'm interrupting this episode to give you a quick breather. <laughs> but, of course, there is something I want to share with you. Do you know how when you meet someone for coffee to catch up with them, it's natural to talk about books you've been reading, news or movements you've been following, or things you've been watching. All of those things make for good conversation. Don't you think so? Well, I'm glad you do, because this is exactly what my newsletter, Coffee Talk, is about. Coffee Talk is a free weekly email I send that tells you about stuff I think is worth reading, following, or watching. 
Now, I only include things that I believe will help you lead a fulfilling life. I'm talking about a life that reflects who you truly are or who you want to be. Sometimes I do throw in other things like the Netflix shows I've been binge watching, new things that I've bought that's made my life easier, (laughs) or little tips and tricks for everyday living. You can think of it as having a weekly conversation over a cup of coffee with yours truly. Now, this is an email that you'd like to receive, then you can join Coffee Talk by visiting enemywithinyou.com. Again, that's enemywithinyou.com. I'm looking forward to seeing you in your inbox, and let's get back to the episode. What are some common mistakes that you think that home plant owners make? You know, what are some mistakes that people make that maybe out of ignorance, maybe just because they don't know any better? (laughs) Um, Let's see. I would say placing a plant in the wrong lighting conditions, I would say, is the number one biggest mistake because obviously all plants need light. And I I think the biggest thing that people do is just place up like buy plants that aren't low light tolerant i would say have you seen any your plant now dad now you (laughs) yeah i mean i think um and this is just from like looking at some of our customers Mm -hmm. and just like friends like i think us as people we're so selfish that we buy things and we when we buy things we want to essentially take ownership of them and when we take ownership, we're like, I want this plant in my kitchen table, you know, and they buy a plant and they put it in their kitchen table, but it gets no light. There's not a single window near their kitchen, you know, and there's so much movement in the kitchen. They're like, every time you eat, you have to move the plant to the side. And, you know, plants are living things. And I think they have to be respected and they need to be left alone as much as they need to be taken care of. That I think, uh, at least from what I've seen, I've had, you know, one of my close friends, he's like, man, I keep buying Monsteras, but like, they don't stay nice and clean. I'm like, where are you putting it? He's like, I put it in my bathroom. And I'm like, do you have a window in your bathroom? He's like, no, I don't have any direct sunlight. I'm like, well, I'm like, well, there you go. You know, so, but people like, he's like, man, but it looks so good in my bathroom. Um, So I think people need to like, I think there is a sense of plant design that can happen, but I think being aware of your surroundings and your space. And I think offering that respect to the plants, I think, is very important. For sure. You should tell your friend, man, that just to put it in the bathroom when guests are over. (laughs) (laughs) I get that it's like aesthetically pleasing, but you have to think about the plant too, you know. (laughs) So a house party, um, the plant's partying too. (laughs) We all got to earn our keep here. (laughs) Exactly. You did mention some difficult plants to take care of. What are some plants that newbies like myself should stay away from until, you know, we're <laughs> mature plant parents? <laughs> um, Don't get a ficus. <laughs> don't get a ficus ladder I, yet. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking immediately, I think we shop very similarly when we go shopping, especially like I'm going to use the, the grocery analogy. Like when we make pasta We go and we buy the most expensive pasta or the most expensive sauce because we assume it's like the best quality. (laughs) And, you know, when it comes to food, it makes sense. But when it comes to plants, we've seen customers who've never bought a plant before and they go and they buy the most expensive plant and like the prettiest looking plant. And then it dies in a week because they just didn't know how to take care of it. Um, So I would say don't buy any plant that's over $20 if it's your first plant. (laughs) I think that's like a good safeguard because I think it it offers two things. One, I think anything above $20 is a little bit expensive. And I think it also gives you the opportunity to fail. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have to feel guilty of like, wow, I just spent $100 on this thing and it didn't work. You know, anything that's under $20 isn't going to be like a crazy rare plant. But it also gives you the room to like try again if it doesn't work out the first time or the second time or the third time. Um, I always recommend also like starting smaller, like a four inch plant can be really easy. A lot of people want like the big plant in the corner of the room, but those require more time. So I think always start small and then work your way like, okay, I have two four inch plants. Maybe I'll get a six inch now and then 
a couple six inch plants and then work your way up exactly uh, hopefully that helped definitely so let's say today i go to maranta plant shop to buy a plant which one should i take home and then where should i place it and then how long should i take until i buy a second one <laughs> i would say like mag was saying start with the four inch so i would maybe do like a pearls and jade because that's a pothos and that's very easy to take care of or i would get a snake plant and i would say wait for like i would say maybe like a month or so or until you see new growth if you see new growth that means you're doing a great job and your plant is happy and i think it's time to go to the next level yeah <laughs> and four inch plants are also the most rewarding mm -hmm. because they grow so quickly it's like a it's like a baby right yeah. like babies grow so quickly from one month to three months to six months so like it'll get you more excited than like a tree that like you will probably not notice when a new leaf comes out exactly yeah if i see an order come through of like a big plant i'm gonna just hit refund <laughs> don't do it to yourself don't do it don't do it no or you can i mean you, know, you, can. you definitely can <laughs> i have faith I'm trying to think if there's any more questions that I have as a newbie, because I think I do have enough information to take on a plant. Mm -hmm. I think one that, you know, and this is just what we ask like new customers is like, do you own it? Do you have any pets? Oh yeah. So that's a, that's actually a really good thing mm -hmm. to cover. Cause I do have pets. I mean, I have a cat. Oh, yeah. those, I mean, cats are evil. And you, you, <laughs> I have a cat too, and she likes to attack. Well, it's my friend's cat, but you know, it's my cat now. <laughs> but yeah, she will attack all of my plants. And you know, some plants are toxic, so you have to look out for that too. Yeah. Mm, so you definitely get a pet friendly. Let's pet. talk about that. Oh, so yeah. cats and dogs, are they toxic to certain different types of plants, or is it that plants are just toxic to animals in general? <laughs> so no plant there i mean no plant that you can buy at any most plant shops will kill your animal mm -hmm. i think people think they see toxic and they're like oh my god what do i do like no plant will kill your animal i think on the and i don't know man some of these people probably want to get rid of their animal <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but like we've gotten questions before we're like will this kill my dog and i'm like well <laughs> let's talk about it <laughs> um so it's not a good animal removal, um, but <laughs> what it will do, and I see it in two sides, right? I think one side is it will make your pet sick and it will probably cause some messes in your space. So you want to put it in a place where your animal can't reach because mm -hmm. um, a lot of it will just cause like stomach issues, especially repeatedly. And granted, like most animals are bright enough that like they'll eat it once they'll get sick and they might do it again and get sick again and then they won't touch it again right they'll learn their lesson they'll learn the lesson yeah. uh, but some animals don't uh, i think dogs are less bright when it comes to things like that so they'll keep messing with them but i think <laughs> cats definitely learn the lesson but then they'll just keep scratching them um, we've seen that before but mm -hmm. there is a ton of great options for for pet lovers uh, and pet owners um you know i think all of the calitheas and marantas are for the most part, um, pet friendly. Um, we have, we actually like take pride in like most, I think 30% of our plants and we list them when you go to the product, it lets you know at the bottom if they're pet friendly or not. But a lot of our plants are pet friendly. Uh, every week we try to release like one or two new pet friendly plants. So there, there's definitely, uh, you can own 20 to 30 plus plants and they could all be pet friendly as well. So my cat is, she's a weird one because she actually does listen to me. It's wow. so weird. Like she does Congrats. tricks. She walks through my legs. She does Must a lot be of nice. stuff. <laughs> but my last one was the same way. So I, I might just be a cat whisperer. I've never had a dog or anything <laughs> like that. But my my old cat, she did look evil, and she would mess somebody up if you got too close to her. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she. <laughs> I remember my ex. She would like buy plants, and then in the morning they were gone. <laughs> <laughs> she wow. would tear them apart like <laughs> when we no. were sleeping <laughs> so oh gosh the heartbreak yeah, so that's good that's good to know <laughs> i i totally forgot about that i just yeah. trust my my cat's name is nala i just trust her so much that i'm not even worried about it but 
Mm-hmm. I don't. I forget that not a lot of people have uh, innocent pets like mine. <laughs> Definitely. And don't get me wrong. You, I was going to say you can still get like um, a plant that isn't pet friendly, just as long as they can't reach it. That's like the main thing. As long as they can't reach it. Let's talk about Maranta and well, one. How did Maranta start and if you could provide a backstory along with some of the challenges that you faced during a pandemic, I saw that you guys do just pick up right right now. Mm-hmm. So yep. let's talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So the original concept for Maranta was originally a, a plant event that I was working on with a, a friend of mine. So actually I had a, a good friend of mine. His name is Donnie. Um, who's a photographer who had reached out to me and he was like, you know, I think we were grabbing like a drink somewhere and he was like, dude, like, I know you're into plants and he was into plants and he was like, man, we should do like a mental health black and brown plant event where we can like bring vendors and essentially try to like do this thing. And this was like September of last year. So it's still very in the midst of the pandemic. And then it started getting really bad. And I was like, man, I'm totally into it. This is really cool. And normally where my mind goes, I'm like a, I'm a systems person and like building systems. And I was like, well, there is no black and brown owned plant shops. That was the first problem. And then it was like, there isn't no any black and brown suppliers. So I like built out this like full map of like all the conflicts that we had with doing this thing. And immediately I was like, well, how about we source our own plants? And it started becoming this thing where like, we should do all these things. And very quickly, we realized, oh, the pandemic's getting worse. It's probably not a good idea to host an event. And I think from there, you know, I, you know, the idea kind of just ended of like doing this event. But my mind kept rolling around this idea of like supply and supply chain of like plants. And I just like I do this for fun. I build businesses for fun. I started building like this business model just as like a hobby on the side. And I ended up like having a ton of success with like finding you know, nurseries and suppliers that were based in like Florida and California and Hawaii. And, you know, Michelle's been a good friend of mine for years. And, you know, immediately I was like, hey, I just ordered some samples from some plants, you know, and I always knew that Michelle wanted to like get into like one day opening up like a plant shop. I was like, yo, like just just entertain the idea with me. Like I have some plants coming Let's talk about it. And at, at the moment, she was moving from one place to another place. And she ended up putting a bunch of pl- plants at my house. Um, and I remember I had called Jesus at Zocalo. And I was like, he's a good friend of mine. And I was like, dude, would you be open to me hosting a pop-up at Zocalo with plants? And he was like, dude, this is perfect. I'm installing these greenhouses, like, outside. He's like, definitely. So I was like, yo, just like just entertain it with me. Let's pick this date, November 1st, and let's just see what happens. And the most interesting thing, Michelle was totally into it, but she had a lot going on at the moment. I thought I ordered a sample of 12 plants, but I was really ordering a case of 12 plants, (laughs) which was like 40 plants of each. And I, they had my bank account information, like they had everything on file. So I was on the hook for all these plants that were going to get here in seven days. And I, I think I went into panic mode immediately. I was like, oh, crap. They're not going to like I remember calling Michelle. I'm like, maybe we could fit them in my place or <laughs> we could put them in my studio. And I was like, well, look, Jesus is down to do this pop up. I know you have a lot going on right now. I have a ton going on. I had just got a promotion at my day job. And she was like, yo, let's just do this pop up and let's see what happens. So like we would work our day jobs till like five o'clock. And then from like six to midnight every day for literally 10 days, we were just hustling to try to build this pop up up and build this brand that was just meant to be a one time thing. And, you know, we ended up the the batch of plants got here and I was able to use an extra warehouse space in, in the warehouse that I'm in for my studio uh, through a good friend, Angela. Uh, shout out Angela but this happened the last week of September the plants the first batch of plants got here on like the first second week of October and then we just announced the pop-up and it went crazy we ended up using the I I threw a series of parties last summer or summer of 2019 called hot girl summer 
which was like an all women only event. Like men were only allowed if women it was like a women empowerment event. So I still had this Instagram account. So we just converted that into Maranta and we launched the pop up and it just went crazy. I think we did like a thousand followers in the first couple, like first two days. And we ended up overselling plans that we ended up placing another order for the pop up. So like for the span of two weeks, we sold, I think, like a little bit over 300 plants and and our goal was 200. Our, yeah, the goal was 200 because that's how much we were on the hook for. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we did the pop up. And then at the end of the pop up, I think it was it was the day of the pop up that like me and Michelle realized as we were like loading in all these plants, hundreds of plants into Zocalo. They're like, we should do this again. Yeah. And we're like, cool, let's just run it one more time and then we'll see what happens and we didn't even get to do the second pop-up. We announced the second pop-up. By, by, that, by that time, we were selling so many plants that we were like, we need to open up on the weekends every weekend. So then we launched just Saturday and Sunday. And then that led into like Black Friday. And by that point, we're doing Thursday through Sunday. Mm-hmm. And and I was still working like a full-time job simultaneously. So I was like literally working, going from one job to another. Like It was crazy. Yeah. And then life happened and like, uh, you know, they had layoffs at her job and she ended up getting let go in the midst of this, which was a blessing because at this point, you know, the business was creating enough cash flow where she could jump in full time. So I think it was actually the week after Black Friday, she ended up jumping full time and we've been running it as a four day or we're open four days a week. Mm -hmm. We do a drop every single Wednesday, but it feels like yesterday when this was just like a pop up and it's just kind of like rolled over into this like bigger thing. You know, I know you mentioned like U.S. shipping, like in November of last year, we're like, maybe this is just the thing that like. It's blowing up right now, but over time we can introduce like U.S. shipping and start shipping plants. But we haven't even been able to have enough like room and space to like launch U.S. shipping because of how busy we are. (laughs) It's like it's a seven day thing. Like we were trying to map out how many hours we work on this. Like I work a full time job outside of this and like we're each putting like 40 plus hours a week onto this during the week. Yeah. (laughs) So it's. We're we're hiring people right now. We hired our first employee like three weeks uh three weeks ago, mm-hmm. which has been helpful. And now we're hiring another two people, and um, it's kind of like rolling over into you know what's next. And what did you do before that, Michelle? So I worked for a credit union. Yeah, I was working for a credit union for three years, um, and I was very devoted to that job. Really, I thought that was going to be it for me. <laughs> But life just kind of, you know, said, no, this, this you just handed Miranda over to us. And it was such a blessing, honestly. I was so devastated when I got, like, let go from my job because I was so used to having, like, a nine-to-five mentality. And that's just all that I saw myself. I didn't foresee anything else, really. Um, so Miranda was definitely a blessing in disguise. And I feel like getting let go of my job as well was just kind of, like, in an affirmation almost you know it was just kind of like the the ter- like determining factor you know so yeah what you don't know is that mag went and spoiled that job and had you fired no, I'm just kidding. right <laughs> it was like, she, that's actually that's what happened, happened. <laughs> you went to go play yeah. a bad seed and a rumor got started and they were like we gotta let her go <laughs> and mag was like that's exactly it's a sign yeah. it's a sign michelle it's a sign i'm like michelle it's a sign he held all your plants hostage too and he was that's like so you ain't funny. getting them back until <laughs> no well, what's funny about that it's we kind of manifested this happening because i think Two weeks, I think right after, I'm sorry, the week before Black Friday, we were just like, we we have these like moments where we just like start throwing ideas out of like what's happening. Like we, we've got into the habit where every week we go on a weekly dinner that's sponsored by the, by Maranta that where we essentially just like brainstorm and think of like, what do we want this to do? Let's like, let's think about the week. And during this week, we had the thought of like, man, like what if this becomes your full time job? You know, and she was like, no, nah, maybe maybe like in six months, maybe in four months. And I'm like, I think it might happen sooner <laughs> Then, sure enough. I remember I got the call. So we normally receive our shipments on Monday. And she went into work on that Monday, the week after uh, Black Friday. And we had a really big shipment coming in. And I was like, I was kind of bummed that I was like, man, I got to handle this by myself. She calls me at like 930, like 
I'm on my way. And I was like, what? What do you mean you're on your way? I, I thought she quit. I was like, whoa. <laughs> she was like, no, I'm on my way. Uh, I'll tell you when I get there. And she like pulls up and she like, you know, we do the shipment. And it was I think it was a, it was a very beautiful moment where it was just like I think she was in shock that it was happening. Mm-hmm. But then we had just received like 500 plants that half of them were already sold. So it was just like, oh, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and Meg, what do you do for your day job? So on the side, I well. My main gig is uh, I'm a managing director at Generator. The Generator is a startup accelerator. We work with founders and startups all over the country. Um, but I run their the music program. So I have a, a music accelerator program that we run out of Milwaukee, Cleveland, Detroit, and now Washington, D.C. So I've been doing that for a little bit over three years. And then before that, I was managing artists. Most notably, I was managing Ishtar for about eight years I also own a recording studio, part owner of a screen printing business, and then I also have a consulting business on the side where I help entrepreneurs and creatives just kind of like do what we're doing with Maranta and everything else that I do. Meg is a man. He's a jack of all trades. <laughs> He's a jack of all trades. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. And he got Seriously. plants. What's up? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Add that to your roster. <laughs> he just got a whole lot more attractive to the ladies. <laughs> no. Where do you see Maranta in the next year after the pandemic, after, you know, all the vaccines are out and we get back to normal living? What are some things that you guys have in store for your clients in in Milwaukee in general or people outside of Milwaukee? Yeah, I mean, I think this this I mean, this changes every day. I think even preparing for this, like Michelle and I were talking about you know, like, man, how do we answer these questions? You know, because everything, this business has been so fluid. Like we, if you would have asked me in October what this was going to be, the answer was we want to host pop-ups at local businesses that need traffic. Because that was the original idea. It was like, let's do something at Zocalo and then at Snack Boys or, you know, other places that like we had friends that, that own like this businesses. And that very quickly changed. And then after that was like, Let's just do curbside pickup and U.S. shipping. And then that has now pivoted to uh, we're closing in on our lease for our brick and mortar location. Uh, This is a worldwide exclusive here with Luis. (laughs) But uh, you heard it here first. first. Uh, But, you know, by this time, by the time this comes out, I'm I'm assuming we're going to be already open. So we're hoping for a first or second week of April opening and. I think everything about this new move feels very intentional. Um, You know, we're opening up on MLK Drive right in front of the MLK statue. You know, being Milwaukee's first black and brown owned plant shop, you know, just holds so much weight. Ideally, I I mentioned this earlier, like I I see this as a startup, you know, like how can we, especially like a high growth startup, um, we want to see how this can essentially grow into other communities beyond Milwaukee um, and really regaining what plant culture is, especially when it comes to the black and brown community. So we've had conversations in various cities around the country of like, how can we duplicate what we've been building here? I think Milwaukee is still like home base for us and we want to build that. But I, we've definitely like we've we've been able to secure the supply chain that we can replicate this and offer affordable plants well taking care of plants to other communities and I think really also empower other black and brown folks. You know, we're we're working on other things such as one of the series that we launched uh, in December was the Hue series, which is getting um, black and brown artists to design the back of our care cards. We launched our first one with a Milwaukee artist. Uh, her name is Liv and continuing to grow that. As we're thinking about this new space that we're about to have, you know, there's conversations about maybe we open up a cafe in the back space. We have 5,000 square feet, the full space. So, you know, the the front being like an 800 square feet retail shop. And then whether it's like a venue or a multi-use community space, mm-hmm. we're still kind of figuring that out. We don't necessarily know. The, the traffic might also get so big that like we have to use the extra space just for more plants. We don't know. Uh, but we do know what we do know is that we. We want to keep growing in this mission that we're on and continuing to offer affordable plants and accessible plants and education around plants to to the communities in front of us. 
Well, if you open a coffee shop, I am a guy who drinks coffee. And I like working from coffee shops, so you, you have me there. Let me ask you a question. You talked about, like, the black and brown community. Well, actually, I had a thought when you were talking about, you know, black and brown replicating this. You know how they say, you know, if if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere? Well, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. in my mind, I'd be feeling like, if you're black and brown and you can make it in Milwaukee, then you can make it anywhere. And I think that yeah. a plan shop like Maranta is kind of like that, that if you can build a system and it thrives in Milwaukee, then you could probably take it anywhere and it will thrive and, yep. and integrate. So I'm hoping that you guys do expand to that level where you think about plants in you know, South America, Mexico, you know, uh, Brazil, the, just the Latinos in general. And plants are like essential to part of kind of like our heritage, uh, the motherland, our indigenous side. You know, we have that indigenous side where we gravitate towards anything that's from the earth. And I saw a post that you guys did on Instagram about how like a plant was renamed, but its original name was something else. I like to know about those things, and I think that's a really good message that you're sending. And at the end of the day, yeah, a business is going to make money, but the the fact that you guys have purpose and a deeper mission makes all the difference. I just mentioned you guys, I mentioned this interview to a friend of mine where I was like, yeah, I'm interviewing a plant shop here in Milwaukee. And they were like, where? It's like they're a black, brown-owned plant shop. What? She was like, what did she say? She said, I go to Home Depot and get my plants. I, let me know about this plant shop because I'm about to give them their my business. That's and uh, I think she sent you a message, Michelle, and she asked you about bugs. And you gave her an answer. And she was like, oh, now I know why I had bugs in my in my bedroom. <laughs> she was like, I don't even eat in my bedroom. And I have fruit flies. Like, what's, what's the deal? And she was able to <laughs> trace it so back funny. to the plants because of some yeah. information that you gave her. So that's really dope that yeah. people are learning. That's exciting. That's what we're here for, really, just educating and, you know, being that, creating like a hub for everyone to, because you know, like a lot of these plant stores that you see here, they don't provide all the education, you know, they don't provide the background and all the details on how to take care of your plant. And so I feel like that's very important too, because you know, it's rewarding. And you want to make sure, I want to make sure that People come and they're set up for success. And I feel like anyone is able to be a plant person. You know, we're, it's, it's definitely attainable and it's something that people kind of feel like it isn't. Um, but um, yeah, it's, that's very, that's funny that she said that. <laughs> don't buy plants at Home Depot. Don't do that, right? What do you do? No. Don't, don't do it. That's just. Oh god! You're, you're bringing all kinds of things home yeah, at that point. Exactly. Hey, when when yeah. is it projected for you guys to move into that new space that you said? Hopefully, I mean, and and Michelle's gonna kill me. She was just I, I felt her staring at me as I'm saying all these things. But uh, I would like to do a April first. The latest will probably be April eighth. Um, there's a lot of just you know things that we have to work out in the sense, but it will happen in April. You know, the additional space that we're going to be building out probably won't open until mid-May. We're trying to get it ready for Michelle's birthday. So like May 19th area, that'll probably be like when we open up the additional space. And But yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. Mm, It's a perfect time, too, because it's spring and it's getting warmer. This is a perfect time for people to come and, you know, check out the space. So I'm excited. I, I I was like worried about April at first because I was like, oh my gosh, that's like around the corner. <laughs> like yeah. time is flying. But um, yeah, cool. April. Listen, the podcast name is Enemy Within You. And this is a question I ask anybody I interview. What are subtle ways that each of you feel that people work against themselves? And this doesn't have to do with plants. It can be anything. I just like to hear this answer from people who are doing things with their life and are just living life intentionally like you guys are mm-hmm. um i could go first very interesting because this has been like a big topic on a lot of things as of recently but i think for me like i'm I'm a control freak um especially with things that like i feel like i built i need to make sure that like 
And I think it also leads into like the perfectionism stuff that I have. You know, even as we were setting up this podcast, I was like, I need to turn this off. I need to make sure this is good. You know, I'm I'm moving the microphone as she's talking. I'm looking at the audio. Like, I like to have a sense of control. And that's why I think so big with everything that I do. Because if, if I could prepare in my mind how big this can get as it gets bigger, I'm already thinking about the next step and the next step and the next step. So nothing ever feels like it's, nothing's ever being disrupted. So, but I feel like it's also worked against me because when things aren't, when I don't feel like I'm in control of things, I feel shaken up. I feel like I'm chasing my tail, you know, in limbo. But yeah, I think that's how um, I've become an enemy to myself. (laughs) I feel like for me, I have the habit of doubting myself a lot. Like I, I, I'm constantly like overthinking certain things and like, and I'm a people pleaser. So like I just overthink it and I just want to please everyone. And so for me, I feel like just reminding myself that I'm enough and like what I bring to the table is enough. is like very important to remember. And you can and you can apply that, you know, for your life in general. But yeah, I self-doubt a lot. But, you know, we're getting through it. <laughs> she was so nervous about the po- the podcast. And I'm like, you're going to do great. overthinking for no reason. Like, like, <laughs> well, you know your stuff. I mean, I, I'm telling you right now, know. you know your stuff. And yeah. And it's as simple as just a conversation, you know. But, <laughs> it's just, but yeah. For sure. That's a really good question, by the oh, way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Well, first of all, I did learn a lot of stuff, and I'm going to get a plant this week. I'm going to make it a point to get it this week. I'm going to send you all a picture, or better yet, I'll put it on Instagram and then tag y'all guys. <laughs> Yay. You can talk about Maranta. You can talk about your personal contact information or anything, but where can people find more about you, too? You can find everything Maranta related at uh, all social media at Maranta Plant Shop. We've done a decent job with SEL, so you can find us. (laughs) You can Google it. You can Google it and we will be there. Um, So yeah, Maranta Plant Shop everywhere. I think on on social, you can Mm -hmm. find me at Magus for Magic on everything. And you can find Michelle. If she wants to be found, I'll let her know. (laughs) You can find me um, at Yerba Santa or Yerba Santa. But yeah, that's Instagram. Um, that's really all I use though is Instagram. Mm-hmm. Don't follow her on Twitter. <laughs> Don't follow. <laughs> now they're gonna go look for you. Dang! Why did you do that? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> it's like she has an OnlyFans. Oh man, Twitter's a whole different <laughs> word now. <laughs> like, don't follow her on Twitter. That's her other life. Her, her other parts. That's, that's her other life. <laughs> Poison Ivy and full. No- full oh motion. my god. <laughs> full motion. <laughs> We might lose customers. If Don't you, go to Twitter. If you really want to get to know me, follow my Twitter. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the show, and we'll keep in touch. Sweet. Thank you. Appreciate it. So there you have it. If you're anything like me, then you need some houseplants in your life. <laughs> I really enjoy the conversation with Mag and Michelle. They're really dope people, and I like what they're doing with their business and everything they represent. This is actually the first episode where I decided to include timestamps within the episode notes, only because there's a lot of technical questions and a lot of basics that you can learn from when it comes to houseplants. So if you feel like you missed out on an answer or you have a question or something like that, don't worry about it. Just go and check out the episode notes and you'll see a nice little table with the timestamps right next to the topic. If you click on the timestamp, it'll make the audio jump right to that part of the episode and you can just get the information right then and there. Something I really liked about the conversation I had with them is how houseplants contributes to people's mental health and how caring for houseplants actually reminds you to care for yourself. I also really like how Mag made the comparison of a mannequin to a real human being to fake plants versus a real plant. I thought that was a brilliant analogy. I've never bought a fake houseplant, but I'm only going to do real ones going forward. Speaking of houseplants, I actually did order a snake plant from them, but I've yet to go pick it up because they're actually in the process of moving to the new location that they mentioned in the episode. 
So once I actually do go pick it up and bring it home, I'm going to snap a picture and I'm going to post it on my Instagram. So be on the lookout for that and let me know what you think about my very first snake plant. <laughs> Speaking of Instagram, I recently created an Instagram account for Enemy Within You. I'll be posting sneak peeks of future episodes there along with clips from past episodes and quotes and motivational things and, you know, everything that goes into the Enemy Within You brand and podcast and message. So go ahead and give that account a follow and say hi while you're at it. Also, if you haven't joined Coffee Talk, go ahead and do that. I send plenty more ideas and interesting topics related to personal development and things I personally think that are worth your time. I send that every week. So listen, interviews is a new thing on the podcast, as you know, if you've been following along this podcast since its inception. And well, the first interview that I had with Aaron Hankins, that one quickly became the top performing episode of the entire podcast within the first five days of publishing it. So there will be more interviews that I'm integrating and for the next episode, you'll listen in on a conversation I had with a food industry pioneer. We'll talk about moving away from home and how sometimes that's necessary to really find yourself and become the person that you wish to be. In the meantime, make sure you stay blessed and get yourself some houseplants, all right? <laughs> Later. Later.